0: You are listening to the Missio Tempe podcast. We are a church of missional communities, living as a family of missionary servants for the good of our city. For more information about our church, visit missiotempe.com. We hope this teaching encourages and challenges you to faithfully take up your role in the Missio day. So we, throughout this year, throughout 2021, we are journeying through the story of Scripture. We took, looked at, back in January, creation. God creates the world. Rebellion. And then there's a promise, starting in Genesis chapter 12, that God makes a promise. The people end up as a great nation enslaved in Egypt. And then there's there's this thing right here that happens, the exodus. It's this amazing rescue that God does. We looked at that over the last several weeks. And then he gives his people the law the Torah. We read a lot about this in Leviticus and and Numbers and Deuteronomy. This is the part, if you've ever done a Bible reading plan, we're like, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. And you start in Genesis in January and you do Genesis and Exodus, and then you're, you stop. And so this is the part, because there's all these random old rules of like, don't mix these two different kind of fabrics together to make your, right? Like, don't do that. All these, like, don't plant these different crops together. And all these random arbitrary laws. We have other random arbitrary laws uh, in our society as well today. If you might have got a text message about one of them uh... so in different states so in washington it's illegal to attach a vending machine to a utility pole in california it's illegal uh... in berkeley this is berkeley it's illegal to whistle for your lost canary before seven a.m in connecticut a pickle must bounce be able to bounce a pickle it's not a pickle if it's not able to bounce because back in the eighteen hundreds uh, there was some people who were uh, concerned that they were, th- these pickles that someone was selling at a fair were not fit for human consumption. And so they tried to decide, how can we say whether or whether or not a pickle is able, is good enough for human consumption? And they said, well, a real pickle, a good pickle, would bounce. True story. In Arizona, just so you know, it's illegal for a donkey to sleep in a bathtub. Why? What do you think happened at some point that made it, they had to come up with the law? Well, back in the 1920s, there was a dam that broke and the dam broke and the water came and there was a donkey that would sleep in the outside bathtub. And the bathtub got carried away by the water and moved onto a neighbor's property and the donkey got out of the bathtub and created all sorts of damage on the neighbor's property. And so now to this day it's illegal for to let your donkey sleep in a bathtub it's random when we look at obscure old testament laws just as if we look at old 1920s arizona laws this is what at first we'd be like this is just silly why do we care why would we care about these different things why would we why do we want to get hung up in this part of the bible and I think for several reasons, it's really, it's, it can be fascinating and more than just fascinating, it can be uh, encouraging and it can grow us. Uh, here, Chris Wright says this, laws in any society are made for a purpose. Laws protect interests. Laws restrict power. Laws try to balance the rights of different and possibly competing groups in society. Laws promote social objectives according to the legislator's vision of what kind of ideal society they would like to see. Listen to that last phrase. The laws that God, our God, gave to Israel so many years ago, they matter because they tell us about what that legislator's vision of what kind of an ideal society they would like to see is uh, paul in first timothy 3 15 to 17 says this you know how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus the scriptures that he's talking about he's writing the new testament the part of the bible that 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 he's writing is the new testament well he's talking about the old testament the scriptures he would have been talking about include Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. He's saying that part is important for faith in Christ. And he says this, all scripture, including Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is why this matters. So what I want to do is to offer uh, five Uh, five things we need to see about as we look at the law and why it's helpful. Uh, Things we need to see about it. I feel very off right now. I don't know why. I thought this was going to be a really good introduction with the the, the funny laws. I feel like I messed it up right now. It's kind of like when I was trying to find the words over here and they weren't coming. And so now I feel like I'm not connected. So I'm doing this thing where I'm just talking about how I don't feel connected with you guys. And now you're starting to laugh and I feel better by myself. So this is really good for me. So this is really more for me than for you guys. Thanks. Number one. The law was founded on grace. The law was founded on grace. The first laws, the ones that Nick talked to us about last week in and Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments. They happen in Exodus 20. That means that you've already had 50 chapters of Genesis and 19 chapters of Exodus. It's a book and a half before you get the first law. And what happens in the first book and a half? Grace. God's gracious rescue of his people. Listen then in Deuteronomy 6, verses 20 to 25. Listen to what God says. In the future, when your son or daughter asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you, tell him. So when your kid comes and asks you, why are there all these laws? Like Nick told us about 10 last week, but there's 613 total. Why do we have all these laws that God gives us all these random things about how to make our fabric of our shirts and and what animals can do and can't do and all this different stuff. What do we tell him? Tell him this. Tell him a story. A story of grace. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders great and terrible on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But, but he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God. There are 613 imperative commands of the law in the Old Testament. 613 imperatives. An imperative is something that says, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, and every one of them comes after the indicative of God rescuing his people out of slavery in Egypt. The indicative says, this is what's true. This is what I've already done. The laws never come before God's gracious action, He acts. And then he calls and he invites Israel to respond. God in Christ has acted, he has rescued, and he calls and he invites us to respond and to obey. Number two, the law was motivated by the mission of God through Israel, so it looks forward. If we look back, if, if the law is given here, it's to say, no, look back on his rescue in the Exodus. But then it looks forward to what God is doing as he moves forward in history. Verse uh, Deuteronomy 4, verses 6 through 8. I'm just going to read a lot of Deuteronomy today. But listen, I wonder if even with the distractions and even with it just being Deuteronomy, I wonder if the Spirit might do something through his word as you hear these verses from Deuteronomy. It says observe them carefully for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say listen to what the nations are going to say because they see Israel observing the laws and the commands that he gives them the nations are going to say surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people i'm going to die <laughs> What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? The nations, the nations are in God's view always. When God gives his people Israel laws to obey, it's not just for them that things may go well for them but it's because the nations are watching and for us today when God gives us rules to obey they're predicated on his grace looking back but looking forward it's because the nations and the neighborhoods and our neighbors are looking and what if they would look at our lives as we follow god's ways i mean this i feel like right now let me just i feel like this is like preacher hyperbole never actually going to happen type of speed like yeah we should kind of do this what if like what if we actually lived in such lives following god's ways that when when people when neighbors looked at us when they saw it they say There's something about them. I want to know their God. Whatever God would lead them to to live this way, to love this way, to be this way. I want to know that God. What other God is like that God? Chris Wright, again, says, reading the Old Testament law, Charlie asked me to preach a sermon on the law, and I was like, how am I supposed to do that? And I was like, this guy Chris Wright, I remember, I feel like he's, I feel like I've asked him this question before, like, how do we read the law? And so I looked at my old emails, and the first email I ever have from this guy, Chris Wright, he sent me this lecture. So if there's a lot of Chris Wright references today, that's because I I was like, oh, this is really good. He gave me, like, this lecture, and I was like, this is better than anything I'm going to say. He says, reading the Old Testament law is a way to remind Christians not only of the grace of God to which they must respond, but also of their mission responsibility to live distinctly as God's people among the nations. The ethical challenge of the gospel is essentially the same as faced Israel. Those whom God has redeemed are to live for God's glory in the world. God's people are created for his praise and honor so that the nations may know who the living God is. That was the mandate of Israel and it remains ours in Christ. Number three, the law was based on the character of God. Deuteronomy 10 17 to 19 for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords The great God mighty and awesome who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you Giving them food and clothing So many you'll be fascinated if you read through these you find so many of the laws that They're showing what God's character is like and how he defends the cause of those who are powerless. He's saying, Israel, I'm giving you all this land, but I don't want you to pick all the fruit off your, all the produce off your land. I want you to leave some so that those who are disenfranchised, those on the margins can come and can have some. Be a generous people because I am a generous God. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Chris Wright again says, As with all scripture, the question we need to ask is not just, What does this mean for me? What does this tell me to do? Starting there can often lead to rather slim results and more obscure passages from Israelite life and culture. Rather, we start by asking, What does this show of the character, action, and will of God? What do the laws show us? about the Lawgiver. What do the Laws show us about the God with whom we have to do? Not the God of our own imaginations, not God as I'd like God to be, but the God with whom we have to do, the God who has created and redeemed and rescued us. What is he like? And then finally, the Law was given for the good and the joy of God's people, both Israel and us think about a people who who just have the law like these random obscure laws and that's what they that's what they have listen to these verses from the psalms as they think about god's law does it sound like they're a bunch of legalists who are just really bored and just trying to live according to a bunch of laws that are really burdensome psalm 19 7 the law of the lord is perfect reviving the soul but there's seven to 17 people sitting out on this lawn right now who would love for their souls to be revived. There's at least seven. There might be up to 17. I wonder if you're one of them because you're sitting there right now. You're like, my soul needs to be revived. It's even coming off this last year. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. I wonder if there's, I wonder how many people are sitting here right now thinking, I need wisdom. I feel foolish in what I'm doing right now. I, I need wisdom and how to live in this life. Psalm 1910, they are more precious, the laws of God. He's talking about Leviticus. The laws of God are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. Psalm 119, I will walk about in freedom, for I've sought out your precepts. I delight in your commands because I love them. The laws of God are meant for the good and for the joy, for the freedom, for the wisdom, and for the reviving of the souls of God's people, both Israel then and us today. In the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus, he talks about some of those laws that Nick talked about last week in the Ten Commandments, and he says, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you. And he intensifies those laws, not because he's trying to make it more burdensome for us, but he's trying to say, but I'm saying to you, I'm going to intensify these because I so want you to be my people, to be the kind of community that is looking back at my grace, that is looking forward and being faithful in my mission, and that is living with the kind of joy And good that you could be this kind of people Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount Matthews 5 6 and 7 he says this is what my people look like this is what a kingdom community looks like so let us now come to the table this table over here that has been set that brings us back to God's gracious rescue of us in Christ It draws us forward to our missional calling to invite all to the table. It is a foretaste of the ultimate feast that we will one day have with Jesus. It speaks to and nourishes our souls in the loving, gracious, sacrificial character of God. And it hearkens us to the death of Christ for our sins, the ultimate gift of God for our benefit. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious Father, and in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had sinned against you and become subject to evil and death, you and your mercy sent your only son, Jesus Christ, into the world for our salvation. By the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, he became flesh and dwelt among us. In obedience to your will, he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself once and for all, that by his suffering and death, we might be saved. By his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. As our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory, that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Would you all stand and let us make this confession together. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. The gifts of God for the people of God. The table is open. Please come and eat.